From the boardroom to the shop floor, good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Mbene, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. A very good evening to you all and welcome to tonight's installment of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Mbele. Um, as always, it's a pleasure to be in your, in your company um, as we always continue to try and, and push the envelope in as far as understanding you know, the complexity of corporate governance, um, and as it were. Before we get into the exciting menu of tonight's conversation, let me t- let me take this opportunity to thank Paul for gracing the airwaves. Sasha Star, thank you very much, my dear. Simon, uh, instant, you know, likewise, equally, Mandy, and of course, Lindy, where, uh, I'm not always flying solo. Uh, I have the producer of the show, Tabum Langen, whose presence is Presence and unwavering support is always admirable. Uh, you've just joined training. Welcome aboard. Um, this is Beyond Governance and my name is Nimrod Uh, your proponent of corporate governance, I, which I believe is a phenomenon that has become so typical in South African socioeconomic landscape. And we always have to bear in mind that we cannot talk of corporate governance outside the macroeconomic policy. But we, before to that point, which which I believe is very fascinating on the basis of what the conversation we've just had last week. Uh, I implore you to really, uh, you know, uh, participate in our conversation tonight. Our SMS line, as you know it, is 34519. My email address is nimrod at highfm.co.za. And of course, the Twitter handle is at highfm. Uh, in painting a picture, I just wanted to reflect slightly if you allow me, on the conversation that we've had at the the, the, the conference that myself and Justice Ndaba, who has joined me in studio tonight, we had last week, um, the conference was hosted by, of course, by the, the Knowledge and Cast Group, and, and around corporate governance, the theme of the conference was how do we use knowledge, how do we use corporate governance as a strategic lever to, as a, a strategic lever to, 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 to turn around uh, not only the economy but also turning around entities. The said, the said, um, conference was attended by a number of top executives, which included amongst others, Bonang Mahale from, uh, Business Dealerships SA, Lina De Beers, who, who sits in a number of boards, Big, Mr. Biggest Beer, uh, Adam Craig of, um, of IQ Business, Glenda White, uh, from Semeca, and, and so on and so forth. The list is quite endless. I'll, I don't think I'll be doing justice to, Make reference to every single individual who participated, uh, but but nonetheless, the, the, the issue that that becomes so abundantly clear uh, uh, from a reflection point of view is the, the extent to which macroeconomic um, um, issues uh, cannot be divorced entirely from the corporate governance issues. Talking of a reflection on the corp on on a macroeconomic issues that have a direct bearing on corporate governance, which which. Um, was an issue or, or amongst issues that were raised by, among others, uh, Mr. Bana Mahale as um, a participant or a speaker at that conference. Um, we, we, I find it quite refreshing that that he was quite sober and deep in terms of reflecting on the, as, I, I suppose, uh, from I'm sitting on, on the macroeconomic issues. One of the issues that he pointed out, which um, are, which which we cannot divorce, 
uh, in our quest to analyze the extent to which corporates and public sector are responsive to governance issues is the fact that our economy is not growing. I mean, we're currently sitting at 1.5, you know, at 0.2% downward revision from 2099. And as if that's not enough, uh, we have have had the tariff, uh, electricity tariffs increase from 12% to 13% from 2019. And, uh, f- uh, from, tw- uh, and almost like six, six percent in 2020. Clearly, there's a huge tariff increase, which has a bearing. I'll obviously, let me just park that. I'll refer, I'll go back to that issue as a, a variable that we need to really take into account when talking about corporate governance. The other issue that is quite, uh, astonishing and worrying for you and I, so-called men in the street, um, is the extent to which the SOEs are, are, are debt trapped. When you look at the the, the cash generating uh, SOEs, um, you know, and we are told uh, that they have moved from 85 billion rands in 2015, uh, you know, to to 65 billion rands last year, uh, and and the bottom line is the fact that. Um, the the interest paid by SOEs have ballooned, you know, from twenty from from twenty four billion rands uh, to forty seven billion rands, and that also is an indication on uh, how the economy is performing, and how the economy perform as a reflection from the SOEs, and what does that mean to you and I? As if that's not enough, when you look at the the average return on investment in terms of um, uh, uh, as state-owned entities, um, we've picked it up that we are almost nearly eight percent. I mean, back in 2011, um, you know, uh, SOEs, the return on investment was calculated at eight percent, and we are now sitting in 2019. We are sitting and give or take uh, less than one per- uh, less than minus one uh, percent. Uh, you know, and and of course, Treasury has acknowledged the fact that um, SOEs are a big risk in terms of economic outlook. As if that's not enough, you have to contextualize the corporate governance scenario when you look at the the, the South African debt ratio in relation to GDP. We are currently spending almost fifty, give or take, fifty six percent of GDP. Uh, uh, you know, you know, paying debt. Uh, and and it is you know Treasury has estimated that by twenty by twenty twenty three would have spent almost sixty uh, percent of GDP in debt. So from from when you look at it from uh, ten years ago, we have lost almost thirty percent. We have almost squandered thirty percent. Uh, of GDP due to a number of malpractice, malgovernance, and and you can the, the list is endless. The question for me is, as I'm trying to paint the paint, as I'm trying to paint the picture, is the 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 implications of this uh, colossal of malgovernance in the borrowing. I mean, uh, what does it mean when the country borrows, when SOE borrows? The figures is shocking. As if that's not enough. When we, we, we are not growing at the rate that we are growing, and of course subject to, to rent exchange, uh, when the rent weakens uh, to a dollar, what does it mean in terms of our debts? On average, 
we are spending close to 25 billion rent uh, as, as a percentage of GDP. Uh, every time when the rent dances up and down, um, has a direct cost or implication in terms of how we're servicing our debts, because our debt is calculated in terms of, 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 of you know, foreign currency, i.e. euro or even, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, dollars. But given this kind of scenario that I've primed to, pre- uh, that I've, you know, presented, the million dollar, call, million dollar question for me and anybody else who's listening to the show now is do politicians or those that are enlightened, um, have, you know, know what is happening? And secondly, how have we concentrated ordinary electorate? Because these issues affect every single individual. As if that's not enough, we've got almost 17 million South Africans who are depending on grants and almost 4.5 million rents, uh, 4.5 million South Africans who are, are tax paying. So, so mathematically, I mean, everything is just completely bizarre. Um, the question is now that we're obviously moving towards the, the May election. What does this mean for South African in terms of, from a turnaround point of view? We have heard some very irresponsible politicians who says when a, when a rent drops, you pick it up. Okay. How do you pick it up? How do you pick up uh, 25 billion rents, which is lost as a result of exchange rate? And how do you pick it up? How do you pick up, you know, the fact that we are spending close to 56% of our GDP to debt? On average, SOEs we spend close to 20 billion rands servicing debt. That money could have been spent uh, in, in the trains, you know, the, the toilets that most of our kids, you know, uh, fell victims to. That 20 billion rands could have spent in education system. That 20 billion rands that we service in debt. So, in a nutshell, you know, this is that, these are some of the issues that were brought to light amongst others by a very enlightened individuals uh, such as Bonang uh, at that at that particular conference. But you know, now that I've shared this broad, you know, broad uh, reference point into the conversation that happens at the Knowledge Anchors Group, uh, you know, conversation last week. I'm joined in studio by uh, Justice Indaba, who I believe was part of the conversation. Justice, you know, let me take this opportunity to welcome you. Thank you very much. Good evening, Doc. Good how evening. are you? How are you, uh, Yeah. I'm all right. How are you? Thank you very and much. Tabo, Look, good evening. You know, um, and of course, Tabo, how are you? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Mm. You know, to be honest with you, when you, when you are reflecting this deep, it can only be very sad. Mm. It, it can only be very, very concerned. And I, I, I sincerely hope this message is going across South Africans. We are in ICU. As a country, when you look at the debt ratio, when you look at the, what the extent to which municipalities owes, uh, ESCOM and ESCOM owe, you know, it is just a complete mess. Uh, but, you know, before we get into that mess, I think the idea ultimate is to move, uh, beyond this quagmire and present a positive picture. Um, Justice, you've attended this conference, um, which looked at a Turn around from gov- using corporate governance as a lever, but be that as may, we are told by the likes of Bonamahale that it is practically impossible to look at the macro uh, aspects of turnaround from a corporate governance point of view um, 
in the in uh, outside the broader macroeconomic issues how you know from where you're sitting and based on your assessment of of how things went how important is us understanding the macro issues um you know the the rating agencies for an example and the gdp ratio that we're paying um, mm. in relation to debt um thank you very much doc maybe just to 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 highlight a point that you made, maybe a slight correction is that uh, the 20 billion rand that you're talking about, in actual fact, um, if you annualize that, is is just under 200 billion, meaning that our debt servicing costs uh, are the fastest rising component of of our expenditure at at 180 billion rand for. For, for forecasted for 2018-2019, so it's 180 billion rands, which, which is scary because if you look at it, uh, with that we paying only interest on servicing our debt as a country, and if you take into account that two of our highest expenditure, which is health and um, education. education, education budget for the same year is about uh, 205 billion. So while we have we've we've budgeted 205 billion rents to to throw towards health, um, 180 billion rent is going towards servicing debt. So you understand that, yeah. So so it shows that we are almost catching up to the same budget of 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 health uh, that 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 we are using to service our debts. As if so that's not, it gives you that that kind of uh, 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 close to home. As if that's not enough. The, 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 the cost, uh, incurred to keep lights on. And we are told by energy expect that the past two, three weeks ago when you have a low schedule, we have lost close to 40 billion rands. On yeah. average, you lost about two billion per day. Yeah. Um, uh, due to low shedding. Each day. So, so cumulatively. Yeah. You know, it is shocking. It's just ESCOM alone in terms of their own particular debt that they owe. Is 495 now, or just over 490 billion rents uh, themselves? They are servicing. How much are they using to service their own debt? So, um, and 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 having said that, just today, um, IMF revised our own uh, forecast for 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 this year because while we had the good news where we moved from 0.8 percent 2018 to what you rightly said earlier. Uh, 1.5 percent. Uh, they've just now today um, revised that number to 1.3 percent. <laughs> so growth that focused on on our own growth as South Africa. So so however you look at it, um, it's 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 scary. Look, the the debate around the the debt to GDP is always a very interesting one in the sense that those that are the far left would argue that uh, places like America, uh, debt equity, uh, debt uh, to GDP of over 70, but those guys have assets uh, in galore. And, 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 and it is scary that we are actually uh, spending far much more than we are producing as revenue in the country. So that situation cannot be sustained. And the worry that you've just painted as well in terms of the tax base, we have, I don't know if South Africans understand in terms of the criticality of stabilizing SARS 
because SARS are our best bet in terms of ensuring that at least on the revenue collection side, we collect enough and as close as possible to what we projected. I mean, we cannot continue to having a deficit of even what we have proposed to collect. So that, that, that in itself, so for me that says corporate governance plays a critical role in meaning that, for instance, state institutions such as SAS, which play a critical role to make sure we collect sufficiently, we cannot afford to have destabilization at SARS. But, but even before, can I just interject, uh, uh, Justice? Mm. You know, the biggest worry for me, and I'm sure every South African worry about this, you know, the, the idea is not so much about collecting what is already dwindled. I mean, we've told, we, we, we picked up um, during the conference that First Rand mm. is by far the largest mm. contributors of mm. tax, mm. you know, more than any other individuals and companies. And it cannot be that um, for the success of the country, uh, we depend on one or two big contributors. The, 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 the idea, I mean, you know, the fact that we are sitting at 1.5, mm. and, and you will now reflect that um, IMF has, has revised the projection mm. to 1.3, mm. which means, um, you know, comparatively speaking, um, with regards to, to NDP, which has projected 5%, mm. which would probably put us in a position where we, we reduce unemployment rate, we reduce, you know, the grant system and so on and so forth. So there's there's a long way to go. Yes. You know? So so it, it makes it even worse. I think this is one picture that um you know I'm 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 steadfast when it comes to it because we you know the next rate as we you know approaching elections, this mm. is where um you know the the level of sophistication insofar as interrogating and literally punching holes to any election manifesto, mm. uh, which is predominantly rhetoric yeah. when, you, when you look at it in terms of turning around, yeah. which we all need to be mindful of. Yeah, I'm being practical now. And then the practicality of it is that why I'm starting with the SARS as an institution and how governance plays critically. Because you see in any country, if you do not have a tax revenue institution that inspires confidence, that in itself, remember you've spoken about... But you have to go the cake first in that. Yes, you remember, have to go before, no, no. before you even worry about tax collection, go the cake. The, the, the cake, but what we mean about stabilization is you have a tax base that is eroding, all right? So meaning that you have to... To, to sustain that in the sense that keep at least the number of taxpayers that you have. How do you keep the tax number when you, let, when we, 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 we losing employment, when you losing Yes, let's, let, me, let me tell you about it mm. to say that um, if, for instance, your current taxpayers do not have the confidence of the institution, they thems- which is why one of the critical points that we've had is tax avoidance and all those kind of things. What does that tell you? It's an indicator. It tells you that the confidence in the system is eroding in itself. So what? while you you have to focus both, you, bar- you balance the both, but you keep what you have first, making sure that you inspire sufficient confidence for the current taxpayer to believe in the system. So that they, they are willing taxpayers, right? And you are, you're, you're minimizing the number 
of the tax avoiders. Because remember, one of our critical problems of of South Africa, other than the eroding tax base, is the the avoidance is so sophisticated that you have a lot of capital flight outside the country. So all that money, if you have a stabilized SARS, you contain because you have that and you collect all of that because you are able to bring it in, right? The macro effect of growing the cake, then you are able to now work on the mechanics of building, but you know that you have a system that is going to keep what you collect. So so that's the point I was coming to. So that is why the point of governance, that is why I say that I do agree with the approach that we look at ensuring that the critical stake, state entities that are uh, like SARS have to be uh, empowered and have to have a, 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 a stabilized so that they build confidence Look, right? I, I, as a starting point. I agree with you, Justice, in the fact, in, in a sense that we knew, we do need to have, um, you know, leadership, leadership stability. Um, stability creates confidence in so far as that indeed the money that are being collected via, you know, uh, tax revenue, um, are going to be spent where they're supposed to spend. Yeah, granted, granted. But here's another issue. Um, you know, that, that in my mind is so much about spending time in growing the cake. We cannot grow the cake in the absence of policy certainty. Mm. Um, when you look at the private sector investment uh, or pas- private sector relationship with government um, has been at its lowest. I mean, thanks God to, to the current president who understands the, the strategic importance of onboarding and sustaining uh, private sector through certainty in terms of macroeconomic policies. I mean, we, you know, we are told recently that um, South Africa has slipped, you know, in terms of the you know international uh, competitive ratings from 44 to, to 67th position. That can't spell good news in terms of our level of competitiveness, because it says to us that um, as a country we do not inspire confidence. I would, and and there's no point of talking of corporate governance at the macro level when the so-called big boys at the macro level. Everybody is running amok like headless chickens. However, if you look at where we're coming from, and if you look at if you look at the numbers and let many of these graphs, you would see that slowly, given the activities that we are doing in the country, uh, the message is 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 correct, especially to the guys like Moody's and them, because they are monitoring what we are doing, and it, when they monitoring what we are doing. It says we are doing the right things. Why? We have, uh, for instance, uh, the Zondo Commission that is out there, which means that we have taken seriously the issues of um, eroding corruption, right? And two, uh, if you look at the critical um, state entities, which are the ones that I'm talking about, I mean, ESCOM is critical. Look and evaluate. So what they do is they look at the things that we are doing at ESCOM. When they see that we are doing the right things in terms of arresting the 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 the, 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 the slide towards. Um, Disaster. They, they, they say, okay, we can see you doing the right things because these things, some of these things are uh, long term. So what, uh, what has happened? Now we are in a situation where for three weeks we haven't had power cuts. And hopefully if we look at the, 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 the announcement that we are likely not to have 
the cuts over the winter period, or albeit if we do at stage one, that in itself says, okay, we we see what these guys are doing. Uh, so one of the other things that the 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 the, the agencies are looking for are. As these guys doing the things that they promised that they would do. For instance, when they went around the world, Davos and everywhere else, and said, look, we undertake to do this and that and that. So what I'm saying is that we are doing the right things in terms of ensuring that we policy certainty. Let's do that as an example. We had a massive um, uh, 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 sector like mining, which over up to between 20... Uh, 10 and 2017 the mining industry in terms of confidence in terms of certainty as you said remember there was the issue of the charter was in tatters however the, the, the consultations during 2018 and now with the charter that has been published it has been signed off by the stakeholders right which means what it means that now there is confidence there that there's some level of certainty so that talks to the 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 the, the right steps taken in uh, certainty. Almost like talking, uh, you know, uh, five step forward and twenty step backward. I tell you what. Okay. I tell you what because when you look at the, you know, the the labor unions for an example, mm. you know, in as far as addressing certainty is concerned, I mean, almost every single labor union they're calling for double digit increases. Mm. You know, when the economy is growing at less than. <laughs> <laughs> less than one and one, one, one and a quarter percentage. So the, these are kind of conversations that I think is missing because there, there's no, in, in as much as capital, in some instances, they, 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 they are mishaps. And I don't think, uh, we, we, you know, uh, at one, at one side, we, we can, we need to have a conversation, uh, you know, in terms of the extent to which private sector is transparent and, and is, uh, promoting Sharehold, um, you know, uh, inclusive, inclusive growth as opposed to just shareholder, you know, uh, as opposed to just uh, shareholder value. Mm. So those are kind of conversations that you have, but uh, yeah. in the same vein, in the same vein. Yeah. We also, we obviously need to appreciate the fact that we're not growing at, this, at the rate that we're supposed to be growing. And therefore, these kinds of astronomical increases are completely off the mark. I tell you what, just hold on in a second. Let's take a break. And I can see you, you, you're having a puff. I'm having you, a puff. You, you want to come back. Let's take a break, Tabo. We'll come back in a second. <laughs> this is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. It is indeed uh, my pleasure to be in your company. It is now almost uh, 20, 20 to 7 o'clock, and I'm joined in studio by uh, Mr. Chasis Indaba, who is the strategist at um, Knowledge Acres Group. Um, you know, before we went to the break, uh, the issues that, that I put to, put to him um, are the macro considerations that have a bearing on in, in, in corporate governance. The value proposition is that we cannot look at um, the board effectiveness and leader and the CEO leadership or generally leadership of SOEs and private sector without us fully mentioning ourselves and understanding the extent to which the macro indicators have a direct bearing uh, in, in as far as how corporations are managed on the day, on a day-to-day basis um and and that's that i think that's one thing that perhaps maybe it is important for us to reflect on and before we go to the break i put it to justice that um it cannot be that 
we, we, as a country, we need to move forward in a context of an economy that is absolutely sluggish. Our debt ratio is approaching of almost 58% um, in of, of GDP, and municipalities and ESCOM are owing billions of rents, and the cost of, of you know, uh, in servicing debts is almost equivalent to what you're spending in education and, and, and health. It, you know, that does not inspire confidence at all. Even worse, we have li- labor unions who are definitely, uh, who are expecting double digit, um, um, increases from time to time. So there's something wrong with this picture because this macroeconomic issues are shaping the conversation that you and I ought to have in our own little corners, in our own uh, institution. And the idea is to elevate, is to concentrate every single individual so that when we are having conversation at the bottom level, we are not having a conversation outside the context. Our conversation needs to be embedded uh, and reflective of the macroeconomic issues. I think that's an issue at hand. Justice, um, I put it to you before we took before we took a break, that it cannot be that part of the so-called transformation and and we 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 don't seem to have leadership that is cognizant of the dire uh, economic uh, situation that we find ourselves at your take on that um look perhaps before i do have uh, 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 some of the Steps that I believe are critical to grow the economy, first of all. But perhaps to, 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 to address your question is to highlight what I liked that came from the conference. If you remember many of the speakers and the, the, the common theme that ultimately was the outcome was the, this principle of shared value, um, a, a lot. So meaning that people, uh, and if you recall, we had, quite a number of stakeholders attending the conference. So um, we we at least recognize the fact that we have to relook the issue of shared value as especially as South African citizens. Now we used to have institutions such as the NEDLEC. The NEDLEC um, was supposedly the institution that in South Africa comprised of uh, business, labor, um, a government, and all of these entities. Now, uh, one of the problems I have is that the, that institution called NEDLEC does not seem to be as efficient and effective as it is supposed to be because the points that you have raised, which are the points of um, unions, for instance, union movements putting... Uh, higher demands and so on. In the past, especially in the the purpose of NEDLEC being established, was to put on their agenda national interest issues of 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 of, of South Africa, where all of these stakeholders. In fact, I forgot to also mention the NGOs, were are also part of NEDLEC. Now, because conversations are not happening there, uh, as a result, you have these conversations uh, happening in our own private spaces and as a result there is no cohesion in terms of the, all of these stakeholders coming out together with a national uh, blueprint 
of some sort. So I think one of our problems is that one, that um, those institutions have, in a way, failed us. And I don't know that, um, I mean, already now, it was also mentioned at the conference that there's there's talk of a new body being established called Growth South Africa or something like that. I'm saying, why is it that we continue to create new bodies, new bodies, and totally forgot forget that we have established entities like these that are supposed to do these things. What will happen when we create new ones? Are, are we going to handle them any differently? Because the the concerns about economic growth, about concerns in, the, in terms of the country and the stabilization in the country has to happen where all stakeholders are represented, such as at NEDLEC. You know, so I think that is a problem for me. That is where we would be able to present cases that would then uh, demonstrate shared value. Because shared value means that all stakeholders have their views and their interests being considered whenever anything that is of national interest is being tackled. So the problem that that we not having continuous engagement at NetLag means that uh, 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 we, do, we we as leadership across the country we are not cohesive. Look, I'm not surprised um, that uh, firstly may acknowledge the fact that you have raised a very important institution which brings together corporate, government, and labour as well as civil society organisations in the form of um, you know um, NetLag. But but here is an issue. I, I'm not surprised that Nedlec has now uh, sitting in some obscure corner because it has lost legitimacy. It has lost legitimacy because if Nedlec was as legitimate or at least enjoy the kind of representation that it did in the late, in, in the late 90s and early 2000 insofar as bringing together, um, you know, common voices on what really matters. Nedlec would be a superstar now. I mean, mm. the fact that Nedlec is nowhere to be found. For an example, I, I can bet my last cent that, I don't know, in all the conversations that I've had around state capture, I've not even heard Nedlec been, been raised. Why? Because, for a simple reason, for some, because Nedlec as a, as a, a, an institution that has been established by government to, to, to foster a collaboration between private sector, government, civil, civil society organizations, and union, and unions, um, should have been at the forefront, at least in terms of the thought leadership. Exactly the point. You know? so but, but where is it? It's nowhere to be found. It's, it's because it has lost credibility. It has lost legitimacy. Well, in as far as, Exactly the point. That is why I'm saying that is my gripe. But first of all, you know, if we want to grow and grow well, right? Well, we've said we need, first of all, to look at issues of national interest. Shared value is important. It is important to include those that are on the sidelines in the economy. However, we have to grow this economy. And I believe personally that um there's two in the top five issues that I have that uh, we need to grow the economy. I think two of them we do very well. For instance, increase uh, investment. Um, you know, we do have now put together task teams that are looking at uh, mechanisms to increase investment. Uh, we have people uh, globetrotting. 
That's key. So the current leadership recognize the issue of growing the cake, which is increased investment that is required. Um, the issue of efficient ma- financial market, that's the second one. That is positive for South Africa. That is the second in my top five. So that we have those two going for us. However, the third one, where to grow, you need political stability. So in that, we, we obviously, as South Africa, it's one uh, on our dashboard that is on the red, okay? So we have, while we have the first two that are positive, in other words, the investment, investment, uh, increased investment and, uh, and, and the approach and policy and the right steps that we are taking to do that, that is, I would say, is amber. So we are going, we're doing very well in terms of our tracking, are doing that. Efficient markets, financial markets, we're doing well. That would be on green. Political stability, we are typically on, on red, I would say. Um, education and health, which is another key area because education and health gives you constraints on skills and productivity, which is a key element if you want to grow in any economy. So that, I would say, we are not even on amber. We're still in the red because we, while we are throwing a lot of money, I mean, we've just said that we have 205 billion rent on health alone and education is slightly on 300. So we, we spending half, almost half of our 1.3 uh, trillion uh, budget on those two. And yet we're not doing very well with it, which is my top four. Then, as I said earlier, tax and regular, uh, tax and regulatory systems, regulatory systems. You cannot grow that, which is the top five, without ensuring that with the tax base, with the um, regulation in taxes, you have that as a critical supporting mechanism for, for, for that. So if you do those top five, you are definitely, because if you remember between 2.205 and 209, we, 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 we were still in and around 3.7% of, of growth in the country. However, that eroded over time. So we can go back to that if we address those five. Anyway, let me take this opportunity to welcome Eric Stellerman, who have just joined us. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, Nimrod. Good evening, Justice. How are you guys? Thank you very much, okay. um, Thanks Eric. Thanks for inviting me. And, and, and you came at while we're talking about a very pertinent issue, which I think is very close to, you, to, to your heart, yeah. um, which, which in my view is the NEDLEC. I mean, so far we have never picked up um, NEDLEC as an institution that brings uh, governments, um, you know, private sector, the NGO, as well as well, more broadly, labor around the table insofar as addressing critical issues uh, which, which are governance related. So for, for any redemption uh, at a macroeconomic level, that's what it needs to be, that's what, needs to, that's what we need to be doing. And I've said to Justice, and, I, and I'm saying the fact that NetLeg, it's, it's almost like dead silent. There's no legitimacy. There's no credibility. Uh, in the representation, uh, you could almost say NetLeg itself has been captured. You know, what, what's your take on that? Mm. Thanks. Well, look, firstly, let me uh, also thank you for inviting me to your conference last week, which was really um, an eye-opener. It was inspiring. It was informative. And I congratulate you guys uh, for the... Uh, content and the speakers you brought on board. There were some superstars there from the corporate sector and from the governance sector. Um, 
And I think there was very pertinent engagement with your delegates even. I was, I think we discussed this as well afterwards. The depth and breadth of talent in our organizations throughout this country, we mustn't underestimate that that's who we can work with. If I cast my mind, um, back to 2006, which was our peak, uh, economic per- mm. growth performance, uh, 5.5, I think, or mm. even 6%. If you remember correctly, in there was uh, uh, there was a ser- there were a series of growth and development summits, which were driven at the time by the presidency, and uh, they were negotiated and also uh, they harnessed NEDLAC at the time. And uh, if you remember correctly, the, the growth the original growth and development summit, I think it was two thousand three or four. Uh, was a, a joint sort of effort of, of uh, uh, NEDLAC, uh, being the National in Economic Development and Labor Council, uh, harnessing the, the, the unions, uh, communities and business together with government, but driven really by the presidency. So at the time, uh, the presidency was in the lead. It was a driving force. NEDLAC in itself is not going to be a driving force because if you look at what it's supposed to do, it's a negotiating council. It's and what happens. I've been involved in some of the activities. The, it, it's 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 a place where business, government, and labour negotiate the least painful way forward, and they've all got their own interests. They not they don't have an agenda to go and drive growth. Now, I think that the president is well aware of what happened 10, 15 years ago, and I, I think he would be well to, and he, of course, is leading the drive for investment. We all know that. I think what's missing, and it was even missing in the conference last week, are really positive growth strategies and I know you've talked, uh, Justice, about some of the preconditions. And I was also listening on the, on, on the radio on the way here. You know, you talked about more policy certainty, better uh, uh, a commitment to governance, and some of the other preconditions you're talking about. I think the guts of how do, do businesses grow um, has to uh, be has to unfold, and it has to be implemented and. You know, you, you, they got together a, a, a group of experts at that time. They came out with a number of growth initiatives across all the sectors of the economy, from agriculture to financial services to manufacturing. And they put together a plan of action. And I remember the website of the presidency at the time had benchmarks and a, and a report, an ongoing dashboard report of how we're doing on employment, on growth, on mining, on, on every single sector. Uh, if I just can add something coming out of your conference, I think um, the I, I brought up this concept of a rollout program. It's not enough to take a set of decisions at a high level in, in, in business unity South Africa or in NEDLAC or in the presidency. You've actually got to take it down to the level of businesses and and state-owned companies throughout the economy and, and on two fronts. The one is on improvement in governance to make sure that the kind of state capture and the kind of corruption that took place over the last 10 years cannot does, happen again. doesn't happen again mm-hmm. and that instead resources are turned to their true Intention, which is to mobilize economic growth and improve education, healthcare, 
and and all the sectors of trade and industry and all those sectors. So I think that that organizations like yours and, you know, we'd be very happy to be part of that, can take a lead in that in the absence of some kind of initiative happening from uh, the the political parties and the presidency, you know, it takes an organization like yours to go around the country and spread the message of good governance, train people in being activists to make sure that governance doesn't just tick the boxes, but people cannot crook the books because you're on top of the game, and that all organizations of any significance have some type of a growth strategy. How are they going to grow from 100 to 120, 130 in the next two, three years? Mm. That's the sort of national campaign that we need. Yeah, you know, I I think, you know, in a a way you're doing quite well in terms of the the practicality of what... Mm. I mean, in in a country like ours, you cannot afford um, to have... A, for instance, the the agriculture and tourism mm-hmm. in the 1.5 growth projection mm-hmm. contribute 0.2 percent. I mean, what is that? That is a service industry. That's agriculture. It should we should project that at a higher rate. Um, transport is on 0.3. Uh, you know, uh, 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 telecom 0.6 mm-hmm. uh, contribution in that 1.5. 0.5 mining and manufacturing. We know mining. It cannot continue to be that high. So meaning we have to also do some strategies that ensure that the service industry in particular and agriculture, which means that tourism in particular, why have we dropped those key strategies that maintain the fact that we, we keep the number of people coming into this country as high as possible? Because we know that for every one tourist that comes into that country, there's 10 jobs that are created. But, and but, that <coughs> number of 0.2 is too low. But here's an issue. Just as an industry. But, but here's an issue that I think it sits at the heart of our current um, dispensation, you know. It, it is how you build trust. Um, and it's something that we take for granted. I mean, NEDLEC, um, its um, inability to bring together the stakeholders to have dialogues on, and, and as you have correctly pointed out, to negotiate the least painful way, um, you cannot only do that when you have legitimacy. So, so clearly, in my mind, we we're sitting with a, 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 a number of state institutions, whose, by the way, the the key mandate is to drive what you're referring to development. You know, um, growth strategy because it all starts with trust. It all trusts with confidence. Yeah. If you don't have confidence, um, you don't have trust between labor and government around trade-offs because NetLeg, uh, in my mind, would have been a very strategic institution that uh, embed the kind of trade-offs that we want to be seeing. Uh, uh, sorry, Nimrod, just to go back on what I said. They never drove growth and development strategies. The presidency did that. Where they were successful uh, is in negotiations. Like last year, they had a negotiation over the minimum wages, and they got all the parties together. There are a number of legislative – all legislation goes to NEDLAC to be discussed between the stakeholders. Right now, they've taken that negotiation and kind of agreement, consensus-forming on legislation, not on driving economic growth. 
the president and government, you know, right now I think you talked about, I heard you, you saying earlier that since the uh, ANC Congress, which was at a conference in, in, in uh, December 2017, that we've had a, a lot of issues dealt with and st- still there's a struggle mm. out there. There's a war, in fact. Of almost good against evil, <laughs> and we, we, we're hoping that, you know, the good actually are coming out on top. It's not, the game's not over. Game's fact, still yeah. on. <laughs> Maybe, you know, the May election may see another set of victories. You know, there are a number of the commissions of inquiry, the appointment of the new national director of public prosecutions. That's on that front. But we're still begging for actual Strategies and implementation of strategies for growth. So confidence, let's say, will build up slowly. Trust comes with that, you know, and with delivery. Where and how do we grow? That's befuddled everyone. Even the CEO initiative, the 90 top CEOs in this country couldn't actually work it out. They, you know, what is it? And we need to put our heads yeah. together in a national, which as I mean, say, yeah. which, as we're they're, wrapping they're, up, we literally about a minute to wrap up. Hmm. Um, um, unfortunately, then this is, you know, just the how time flies when you're really hmm. just about to get into real. To the meat of it. Next you know, week is you know, another time. Absolutely. But, but <laughs> partly short on, on, on you, Eric, and Justice, hmm. part of turnaround, yeah. we, we've seen and heard how the, the, the conference deliberated hmm. and, and that we're in a space of not talking about, you know, the history. Hmm. We're in a space of talking, Correct. going you forward. Know, going forward mm-hmm. You know, in your part, you know, as, as we left little with about, you know, 30 seconds and starting with the Justice. Well, going forward. Then in 30 seconds, literally. Way forward, I think we continue to, to stabilize the, the, the right institutions in the country. We have to make sure that those that have done wrong are brought to book because that in itself is a method of inspiring confidence and ensuring and demonstrating to citizens that action has been taken. And slowly we would have active, active citizenry. Absolutely. Eric, your partner. I met, I met you 10 odd years ago where we were playing as net growth a, an independent role in stimulating growth in this country. I think it should be something that Knowledge Anchor Resources, which is your group, together with like-minded people who've got a commitment to, without anyone's permission, take the initiative to come out with strategies, with programs, and go and market them to government and to the private sector. The collection of people that you had in your conference is just the beginning of people that you can, you, can, you need to now step up. Nimrod, justice, you guys can do it. I'm very happy to help you do it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Eric. Okay. It has been an absolute pleasure. And, and we'll certainly take uh, your advice uh, forward because, um, I mean, I sincerely believe in your thought leadership, you've mm. done this thing before, mm-hmm. and you've made a significant, uh, you know, improvement, and you've got, you know, literally all the, you know, the, the, the feathers in the cap, as it were. Um, it's obviously a struggle. It's, it's, you know, something that we all have to do as a collective. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there because you don't ever have much time. It has been an absolute pleasure for us, uh, you know, uh, to, to to have us in your in your company as we're deliberating on these very complex issues. But like, you know, um, in Eric has pointed out. The war is on. Choose the side. We'd rather be on the side of the good. Until we meet again, let's do good.